We're back at it again. Another episode of Timeless Podcast with myself, Nair, Denny, and Meldon. Uh, before we start off this episode, uh, please uh, subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. So yeah, in this episode, we got John Wu. I'll kind of let him introduce himself, kind of tell him what, what uh, he does and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, shit. John Wu, producer, uh, lover of the music business, uh, more recently manager-esque type vibes, um, owner of Producer Corner down in Louisville, big networking event, um, and that, you know, father, you know, that's about, that about sums me up, man. A little bit of everything little in there. Yeah, man does it all. <laughs> what, when did you get into music? Like, when? how far does it date back? Um, I got into music back, like, I'm a 90s baby. I, well, I would say I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up off of, like, 90s hip-hop. Yeah. Okay. You know, I was in that era, the, I guess what you call the golden era. So, um, <clears throat> I got into it just by, you know, I grew up off of, like, Run DMC and all those legendary old groups, and then I got into the uh, Nas's and the Biggie's and the Wu-Tang's and, and things like that, you know what I mean? I started, I got into music because... I was in in-school suspension in high school. Like, I was always there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the pastimes, you know, we would just write notes to each other, right? And this one kid um, wrote a rap. And it was like a bat. He was, like, battling me on paper. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for real? <laughs> That's what we're doing? I was like, okay. So, you know, it made the time. The, it passed the time uh, or whatever. So I, I wrote a verse back. And it was, like, my first. And I was like, that actually kind of sounds dope, though. I'm straight. I'm straight at this. So I started, you know, writing raps. But. That's when I kind of got into like Nas. Uh, I, I used to I used to steal a lot. I was like a huge. I was a big time thief. Like Walmart. <laughs> I was like the Walmart bandit. You know what I'm saying? And Walmart, they hated me notoriously. And uh, I remember I went into uh, they had the, it was a Nas tape in a in a record store, and I stole the tape. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just stole it. And when I listened to it, it was I was blown away because it was a song called Halftime, and I just never heard nobody rhyme like that. And it just like really blew me away. I felt bad for stealing the tape. That's how much <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Was that the first introduction to the, like the music, like taking it to the as a career? Yeah, that was that, that got me like, because I was already kind of rhyming a little bit, and when I heard that, I was like, "Yo, this is so crazy!" You know what I'm saying? So it made me go home and want to try to write like him, and that's what I did. And then, um, then I got introduced to Wu Tang. And uh, that's where I got my name from. That's why everybody calls me Wu. Because I'm, I'm originally from, I live in Louisville, been there for 20 years. But I'm originally from uh, Radcliffe, Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? 270. Um, and out there, nobody was really listening to like Wu Tang. You know what I'm saying? So when they came out, I used to call, you know, you know for all you newbies, I don't, I don't even call you newbies, but for all you young kids, I used to have what you call a tape deck. <laughs> right? It played square tapes and uh so you know i used to call people on my phone and be like listen to this yeah i, I used to just blast it on the phone you know what i'm saying so you know wu-tang uh everybody started calling me uh my boy gary uh started calling me wu john because i was like here comes wu john with his kung fu music kung fu music. yeah <laughs> and uh then i just switched it because uh after i got into doing raps and stuff like a lot of people wouldn't let me in their studios because i was i was nice you know what I'm saying? And uh, they wouldn't let me in there. Back then, it was all crews. Yeah. And they was like, ah, no, nah, we can't have him over here. He's too, he's a little too dope. And so they wouldn't let me in their studio. So uh, I started making my own beats, and that's how I got into producing. So they didn't let you make your own studios because were you were you rapping or were you just producing? Back then, I was rapping. But they would be like, yo, to use our studio, you got to be in our crew. 
I'm like, oh, I'm, so I, I, I was okay, like okay, a loner, okay. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Gotcha. I was like, no thanks, you know what I'm saying? But so I just I couldn't record nowhere, I couldn't get beats and stuff. So um, I ended up buying a uh, a little drum machine. Back then it was five hundred dollars, and this is over twenty years ago. So five hundred dollars compared to it's crazy because the prices went down yeah. to buy like production equipment, and um, I started making my own beats, and then I started getting really good at making beats. And I, I just, and then I learned the business real fast, and I was like, "Oh, producers get paid first. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stick with this." So how'd you like? Because um, back then there was no really social media. What was the platform? Uh, yeah, how'd you your left and right feet. Uh, so you were just yeah, there, move around. Right? Yeah, it was just get, yeah, just move around. Um, I used to do talent shows. I used to do all type of stuff. I used to, I used to, uh, I used to record my own tapes you know what i'm saying like me rhyming over instrumentals and stuff and uh we'll put those out but back then we did have cds when i started producing we had cds and i used to uh make a bunch of beats and i would put them on a cd and i would go to any music affiliated uh, event possible and just give away cds of beats and then i would have like my name written on it like the sharpie where they could reach you know i thought that was high tech like yeah this sharpie (laughs) and my name is like the next they don't know who it is right you know and my phone number yeah that's that's uh you know that's going out that's a business card right there (laughs) yeah let me put my phone number you know what i mean so that was what we did and uh but i got a i got a lot of love off that a lot of built a lot of clientele let me ask you this like when we go to uh like I've been to LA and stuff. When you walk in Venice, uh, down Venice, yeah, you got these people just handing out CDs. Yeah. Since you have that background, do you take those CDs and actually listen to them, <clears throat> or are you kind of like now you're like, ah, just take that shit back? Um, one of the things I've learned over time, man, is like just staying up with the times and staying current. And my attitude is done the same. So when you give me a CD, I'm kind of like. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to play it. And why are you handing this physical <laughs> object to me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where's the yeah, link? Send me a what, link or something. Yeah. Yeah. What's your Spotify or what's your, you know, DM me your, your, your music? Yeah, yeah, it's like, but you're handing me something. I got to take, I know it's going to sound corny, but I got to, this, this is a minute of my life. I'm going to have to, <laughs> you yeah, know. Just put it in the damn machine, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I, I, I don't diss anybody because I respect the hustle. But at the same time, it's like if you're an artist in today's day and age, and you're not hip to doing things the modern way, the the way that are trending, then it kind of speaks volumes of, you know, where, where you're, you're at. at. Now yeah. that that doesn't mean that you're not one to to that can't be taught, but it's like, you know, if catch you just, up a little bit. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you gotta be on top of your game, especially now. I mean, just with everything going on, it moves it moves quick, super um, fast. Yeah. it's easier to go out now, I believe. Just I think so. Too. Like I was watching, um, you know, Adam Twenty Two. Yeah, he has that every few nights whatever he does that thing you basically you, you give him a hundred bucks and he'll listen to your song online yeah, on yeah. air live whatever that's probably one of the best ways to get music out there i mean yeah i heard a few songs that were straight most of them were pretty pretty I mean, damn bad it's, it's that's one way you know what I'm saying? but it's it's really <clears throat> like when you get in the business side of it when you really really are like in a situation uh where you have a real shot to to yeah. do something big you realize how much work it is it really is still a lot of work it's not there's a lot of things that are a little there's a lot of things that are different today i wouldn't necessarily say it makes anything faster yeah uh i mean think some things are faster but it's more it's just different methods of doing stuff i think you still got to put the work in but the turnaround (coughs) might be a little bit quicker now facts yeah Yeah. i agree with that or you can meet more people uh it's easier like you said without your two feet like not actually not going somewhere nah definitely yeah i mean shoot um you know i know you guys just had ness on here and you know just to kind of go into him like that's my it's like my brother i love him to death and uh <clears throat> he he was like a master at the inbox game 
Like, I used to be like, how are you connecting with all these people? I'm trying. Like, I'm sending just as many inboxes as you are, but you getting like double the, the replies. Yeah. But his, I don't, I didn't. I was like, what word? What's their first three words? I want to know. Yeah, because like, that's that's all they see. Because like when they look, yeah. yeah. But it was it was just crazy. His his he was just linking, and connecting with people, and plus his music was fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a skill on its own. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just communication, right? It's like yeah. just networking being able to, is big. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. So what has helped you? Like, I know now. What's what's your main like? What's the main thing you do now? Because I know you're a manager and you're a um, producer. producer. So like, what's the what's the main focus? What's the main? Um, I like the business side of it. Um, <clears throat> Cause uh, <clears throat> when I was coming up, I, uh, I'm I'm like you know, it's, I, could, I think I can speak for a lot of people. A lot of people don't know their worth right now. You know what I'm saying? They're just kind of going trying to get in the game and do it they don't but they don't know like their full worth and so for a while i didn't i met a dude this dude named george slaughter who was he had he, he had a group in frankfurt kentucky he had it was like eight of it was like wu-tang a little bit i was like their only producer uh and I, you know back then i had a real big reputation as a producer uh and i remember i was going to go to a talent show or not a talent show a beat a produce a produ- producer contest or something and he was like where you going i was like, I'm about to go back to Louisville to be in this producer contest he was like for what and I was like, uh, shit, because I'm John Woo. <laughs> I'm about to go crush everybody. You know what I mean? He was like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're, you're, he was like, you're John motherfucking Woo. Like, you don't do producer battles. He was like, if anything, you, sh- you should be offended that they didn't ask you to be a judge. And it kind of just opened my eyes to, like, my own personal value. You know what I'm saying? Why would you work this hard, build this reputation, only to just throw it out there for anybody to take? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that just kind of molded me as far as uh, the, the 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 business side, and it and it got me way interested in like knowing information and knowing what I could bring to the table, and that just kind of turned into this whole, you know what I mean? Like I started doing research on on the music business, and so when I had friends that didn't know certain things, I'm like, oh, this is how you do this, or this is what this, and they're like, damn, how you know? And then more people will come, go talk to Wu, he knows. You know, and it just be turning this whole thing of where everybody would come to me for information. So it just kind of naturally migrated into like a management role. You know what I'm saying? Well, you yeah. didn't plan it out or anything. You just kind of it, just, it, it yeah. happened naturally. <clears throat> it was natural. Like I didn't like force it. It was just I just love the business and I love information. I and mean, went, at that point you'd been in it for a little while yeah, too, so you yeah. kind of you put people on some game like that. Yeah, I saw. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wendy Day, but she was one who came and worked with our group back then, uh, and. She showed us. She wrote us a. Uh, I think it was like a. It was a marketing strategy. I forget how long it was. But she actually went out and did the stuff with us, like in the in the streets in the middle of the night, like throwing up posters. And she was like, "This is what we need to do." And and she did it with us. And I I got the ultimate respect. But the the things that she said would come back off the back of that, I really saw. So I was like, "Damn, she really knows what she's talking about." And that's what you know that uh, also got me like really into it yeah like wanting to know like the insides of how all that works so when when was that because like i know posters and stuff like is that still a and this was like 2004 yeah i'm saying 2004 uh something like that i think like 2004 2005 how do you transition into like the times of 2004 and getting your music out is different now so like how was that transition what helped you what because you you're in tune with the Instagram and all that too, and like, I know a lot of people and what they did in '04, you know, um, is different. Yeah. So like, what made that transition? How did you make that transition smoothly? Was it the artists that are coming up that kind of helped you, or was it anybody? You know what I mean? Um, 
I was so I was one of those kids. I was one of those guys who like every time there was a new phone, like I <clears throat> I had it on day one. Yeah. You know, and then you know, with the new phones came like the new apps, and you know, I remember when apps first came out. I was like apps. I I, I like no lie. When when they said apps, I remember when they said app. Like I was thinking like like applications that you fill out online. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, what that? the hell is an app? Like, <laughs> yeah. I got to fill some shit out on my phone. I was like, no thanks. But uh, it was, you know, apps. And uh, so every time you got a new phone, you learn new apps. And I was always into that shit. So I would, like, just thumb through apps and go to the app store. What's out there? Like, what kind of games? Or, you know, and I would just find apps and I would just use them. And then I would always uh, be privy to, like, what's going on in, in, in the music industry and what new platforms there are and stuff. I remember when SoundCloud first came out, when SoundClick came out for producers, it was just, I was always hip, like always, just naturally, so. Just always in tune, always doing the research. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how you gotta be. And like, we asked Ness um, on the previous episode, when was the first time you actually like worked with a name where you were like. It was a big break, I guess. Yeah, and you were like, damn, I, like, <coughs> I'm, nice. I'm really like, I'm new. Yeah. My, my biggest thing, so. All right, so it's like a, it's like two answers, right? And one of them's not really answered, but so when when I was uh, part, like when I got out of high school, a few years after I got out of high school, I was doing like pretty bad, like not, I didn't really have no place to stay, stuff like that. But I was doing music, and everybody knew me for making beats and rapping and stuff. And uh, I had an opportunity to move to New York, like it just came out of nowhere. Somebody just called the phone, and was like, you know, yo, woo, you want to go to New York? And I was just like, whatever. I don't got. I, they got a place. Uh, can I sleep somewhere? Okay, <laughs> cool, done. Uh, I go to New York, and I ended up in Queens uh, at this studio. Um, and I wasn't even. I got off the train within ten minutes off the train. I was already in the studio engineering. Like they needed. I was already working like that fast. Yeah. So um, uh, with with the guys up there, they was always taking me like to a Def Jam and. I would be a, I would really be in these situations like Def Jam. I would be around Murder Inc. Back when Murder Inc. was that's, popular, that's dope. That's dope. and I'm a kid from Louisville, uh, from Radcliffe, Kentucky, and I'm like, but it was so crazy that I I wouldn't even tell people when I come. I'm like, they're not gonna believe me. They're gonna be like, you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I really was at Murder Inc. Office. No, you wasn't. And you know, back then we didn't have camera yeah. phones. You couldn't you couldn't yeah, prove it either. Snapchat, yeah, so it was just like yeah. yeah. So uh, it was funny because like I don't know if you guys know, but whenever I take pictures, right. I'm always me. Uh, they always say, "You man, you don't never smile." There's a reason. There's like a story behind. It's like a reason behind that. Bro, I told What's them. The, I said, the "Man, this dude me mugging everybody." <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> we want to hear the story. So in New York, I I used to buy disposable cameras. You know, on on, on cell phones, you could like, ah, oh, let's take that over. Yeah. Disposables, you take it. You don't know what you got until you develop it, right? <laughs> Uh, so I used to take pictures and I would be around celebrities like you know what I'm saying and because the guys that were I, I were with and then I would go get the pictures de- de- developed and I always look like the cornball because <laughs> I'm smiling I'm cheesing super hard like yo this is and, and the artist is like yeah alright hurry take the picture bro and I wouldn't show them to nobody you know what I'm saying so I said you know what the next time I run into a celebrity I'm gonna look like I'm ready to go and he's I'm taking a picture with him and I'm you know so I started doing that, and when I saw the pictures, it worked because it looked like we was both in a rush. Like somebody took a picture of us, and you know, and yeah. I could be like, "Yeah, we was trying to go to the studio," and you know, and uh, that just became like a habit. So my face just stayed like that. So, but anyway, um, uh, that 
that experience was one thing because I would be around those celebrities and stuff like that. But from that New York, like I came home and my partner Bill <clears throat> in New York still had like one of my beat CDs. And uh, I would send him beat CDs too. And he just happened to run into this kid named Stack Bundles. And he knew Stack Bundles. He used to go to Far Rock and all that stuff. And uh, he calls me one day. He's like, yo, talk. He's like, he put me on the phone and it's Stack Bundles. But I knew who Stack Bundles was already because I used to watch, read about him in like uh, Source magazine. I'm like, yeah, he's dope. And, you know, he was with uh, Desert Storm, like DJ Clue and all them. Cause I used to listen to DJ okay. Clue tapes and stuff like that all the time. So I was already a f- big fan. So, you know, he, he put me on the phone with him and that that literally was just that. Right. And then fast forward, maybe I say I want to say like two or three months. I just happened to like look online or something and I come across a song called Sucker for Love and I listened to the beat and it was my track and then I look at the credits and it had my name and they 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 don't need they never met me and they put my name in it they was kind enough to put my name produced by John Woo you know what I'm saying I ended up meeting them when they came down for uh Jim Jones and T.I. and all them had this big concert they came down to Louisville and Stack Bundles was with Jim Jones and I met Bino which is my brother to this day and I met Stack Bundles. I got to kick it with him and stuff. And uh, me and me and Ness had had a bunch of beats. I gave them uh, a bunch of beats. And uh, they called me from the tour bus that night. It was like, man, we writing to these beats now. And I was like, man, this that's like it's on. Like that's how you know. I was like, man, it's on. And then like a month later, Stack Bundles got killed. You know what I'm saying? Which was Damn. devastating. That was in 2007. Right? Yeah, something 07. like that. Yeah, which was devastating because I was like. Man, we were so close, like you know what I'm yeah. saying. But I mean, got uh, the fact that he even got murdered was crazy because he's a he's like a legend, you know what I'm saying. And he's one of my favorite MCs. But you know, but yeah, so that would be my first. I would say my the one that when I was like, oh shit, I I really made that. I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean. So and I still get love for it today. Like people hit me up still to this day. You did this stuck one as we like people in New York and that's dope, man. Yeah. Um, this is a little off to- off topic. I'm gonna go real quick into this. You said uh, he was a legend, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what makes a rapper a legend? Yeah, we just yeah. had. We, we just had a convo. Like yeah. we were like, is Juice a legend? Is X a legend? Is Nip a legend? Yeah, I think, man. I think it's subjective. Uh, is it subjective or objective? I forget which one it is, but it's, it's whichever one is like it's kind of like of the individual. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Because if if you ask me, yeah, I say Bunnies is a legend because the cultural impact that he had at the time was 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 big like you know what i'm saying like he was a big voice and uh you know um especially in his neighbor in his city yeah like he was a big like you know even where i'm from not to not i'm not i'm not big head or nothing but people call me a legend back home because not because i'm i've got plaques and but because i'm like one of the few people that really went somewhere and did something out of my city yeah so I, they like i'm kind of an inspiration to certain people you know what i'm saying and i feel like stack was like that to his city so and he was a big version of that so you know same thing with like nips i think nip is a legend you know in my my opinion i don't i don't base it off of record sales or how many yeah. i don't base it off that i base it off the impact you had like biggie only had a couple albums out one one two albums but he's a legend, legend yeah. one of the greatest because he had a yeah. huge impact yeah. on the culture yeah i think same ways like if it affects if people it affects because how many lives you change yeah like yeah. he's gonna call somebody to do a legend and then i call another dude a legend like, but like, I fucked with him and he didn't. I got mm-hmm. something from him and he didn't. So like, that's that's the convo we had. Yeah, we yeah. were talking about what makes him a legend. Or not. Yeah, but uh, okay. switching back uh to like the big names, like what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, 
kind of now do you do you help any of the artists in louisville now since you reside in louisville yeah i help everybody i can man like um i try to help out everybody bro uh when it was a time like so when i was coming up it was a uh it was a dude named twin my my big brother twin uh i met him and I, you know it's crazy because for a long time i was producing and making all these beats i never had no equipment never it was always like somebody else's crib somebody else's crib, but it's somebody that i got cool with um and like the first person was like twin me and him met i go to his studio i started making beats we just got real cool and he was in the military and he used to go out to the field like they'd be gone for like two weeks yeah and he and me and him just got so close like he was like yo just, here's my key so whenever I'm gone, just come to the crib and make beats. You know what I'm saying? I had people like that. I had my partner Will, uh, who who did the same thing in Louisville, he invited me over his crib. We started making music, and then he was just like, "Man, you can come over anytime. Like I fuck with you. You know what I'm saying?" Uh, my partner Eric Ramos, who did the same shit. Whenever I needed a ride, or Jeff Puckett, whenever I needed a ride to like a studio, like Eric Ramos used to drive me almost two hours away. So it's four hours for him. Because he, he would drive me and drop me yeah. off, and he would go back. But it would be at the drop of a dime. Yo, yo, Eric, I got to get to the studio. And, and, and All right, man. Come pick me up. No complaints. We just listen to music, crack jokes. And then he would drop me off and be out and didn't ask for a dime. So it's just engraved in me to to kind of do that. You know what I mean? I grew up – well, I grew up in Radcliffe. I grew up with a bunch of dudes from Chicago. I didn't grow up from like with a lot of people from my city. I grew up with these migrated dudes from Chicago. You know what I mean? And – um Called, they they called the Gregory's and they was a huge family. My best friends got six brothers and seven sisters, Damn, and a bunch a of huge crazy family. cousins. Yeah, <laughs> but we was like a big family. So it's like when I didn't have nowhere to stay, they would always like just take me in and feed me, clothe me, whatever. You know what I mean? It was just not even a question. So naturally, when it comes to this music, I just have those natural instincts. So when I come across other artists, like people ask me questions, hit me up. Want to? I like just buy me a cup of coffee, bro. Like what you need, what yeah. you want to know. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I know. Here's what I would do. I just give that information back. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I help out a lot of people, man. You said you didn't have equipment. When did you get your first piece of equipment or first like that, that I could say was mine? Yeah, mine? that you could say it was yours. Man, you know what's crazy what's is up? that um, at the time, at the time, my. Uh, my first piece of equipment that was like mine was a machine. You know what a machine is? A machine? Like it's the, called a machine. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Those just came out not like not that long ago. So I probably went like fifteen years without ever owning my own piece of equipment. It was always just I had at one time I had keys to like four studios in Louisville. So you that's, use the people's stuff? I was just yeah. But it's just like relationships. It was yeah. just I was just always good with people, you Networking. know. Networking. Yeah. Very honorable. I wasn't stealing, I wasn't fucking nothing up you know what i'm saying so yeah i didn't get my first piece of equipment till like years later like a <laughs> decade later you know what i'm saying which is crazy you said to work with what you had though at the time so fuck it huh you said to work with whatever you had i mean yeah yeah and that, that became the norm to me too yeah. so it wasn't like weird to me it was like this is oh, okay, this is how you do it yeah, yeah you know you i was know like you're not doing you that knew. either i was like you bought your own equipment <laughs> what Okay. Was that what you were making your living off of back then for all those years? For a little while I was, yeah. I used to I used to hustle. Uh, when I came back from New York, Louisville was super slow to me because I had lived in New York for like five yes. or four years, probably about three, four years. And uh, I used to hustle mixtapes because nobody down here was selling mixtapes. So I would make a living off of that. Or I would sell beats because back then I was making probably, 
I was probably making, you know, you know, three, four beats a day. You know what I'm saying? So I had a large catalog. So people want to buy beats, I sell them a bunch of beats. I remember when my, y'all remember MySpace? Is anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so when MySpace was out, I remember I put a beat on there. Like at that time in Louisville, I might have been selling beats for like $50, $100. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember I put the first, me and Ness was both like on there, like just messaging people and stuff like that. I, and you could put beats on your page. I put a beat on my page and I was just, we would, we would write messages and copy it. I remember, I think, if I'm thinking right, I think me and Ness talked about it one time. He was like, yeah, this is what we'll do. Make a message, copy it, and just change the first name. And, and we thought we was on the most genius, <laughs> genius. We thought we had like struck the gold, cracked yeah. the code. You know what I'm saying? That's the easiest way. It's efficient. <laughs> yeah. Nah. But we was like, nobody else in the world knows to do this. Yeah. So we was doing this. And uh, I remember like within the first 30 minutes, I had this dude named Austin, and he hit me up. He's like, "How much you want for that one? The first beat on your page?" And it was one of those beats that was like, "I'm not. That's the one I'm not selling." And you got to think this is like over 15 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, "I want 500." He was like, "All right, you got Western Union." I was like, "Hold up, what?" <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, "Excuse me." I was like, "You're gonna give me 500 dollars like now?" And and then he paid me, and that opened my eye. I was, the next day, I was like, "Copy paste, copy paste." <laughs> was the next beat like a thousand? Nah, it wasn't. Nah, I was still selling for like three hundred dollars or something like that. But I remember I would find these dudes that would buy beats and bundles. Like these dudes in LA would buy like ten beats, and they would be they would be like a hundred a pop or hundred fifty. Yeah. But they would buy ten at a time and send me like fifteen hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? That's then I would dope. go take get my money, pay a couple of bills, and buy stupid shit, <laughs> like the dumbest shit ever. Like I could say that now, but back then it yeah. was like not dumb. It made sense back then. Yeah, back I then it was like it was yeah these. Multicolored earrings, yeah, I gotta have those <laughs> for some reason. Help me produce, right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, so that's what we did, man. And, and you know, just just shout out to Ness too. I do want to say that because, like, at the time I stopped making beats because I was like, it was just like, like life happened. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think my my one partner he had like erased a hard drive on accident, had erased a bunch of beats that I had, Damn. and it like broke my. It this like hit you. Yeah, it broke me down, man. It was like, ah, uh, this maybe the same for me. I mean, yeah. just chill. Where do you go and, from here? And uh, ne and I I met Ness, and Ness he would like hound me like he would just I didn't know this kid he would just call me hey what you doing bro bro you yeah when you going to the studio you want the studio this week I'm gonna come I'm like who are you bro why do you keep calling me man and then uh, he just we just got cool and uh, I, when I heard his beats I was like blown away of how talented he was because he didn't have no equipment either he had like. I think he had like a hacked version of Fruity Loops with no extra sounds, no nothing, and the beats he was making were like phenomenal. And I would ask him to send me beats, and he would just send me like shitloads of beats like out of nowhere. And I would challenge him; I would send him samples. I bet you can't flip that, and he would flip it in some way that I just was, <laughs> I couldn't comprehend. It. And I was like, "Yo, you are the truth, bro." <laughs> Did y'all meet at like a? Uh, y'all met at one of those conventions, right? The events like where you go. Yeah, he, yeah, we met. We met it. Yeah, we met there, and uh, I remember I heard him tell the story. It, he's pretty accurate, though. I did have on a fur coat, <laughs> like a, you know, I'm like, a, and I did have a record, but it was it was the record was my bro's native. It, uh, I was giving all the DJs his vinyl, but uh, at the time that's when I had a name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was yeah. like, so I, you know, walking in there, fur coat was a like, must. I'm a shit. Yeah, Let's it was a must. Know. So, uh, but yeah, after that, we just stayed in touch, and uh, he would come up from from here, from Bowling Green to Louisville, just to go in the studio. And back then, it, and that was my first. Um, just like I said, those other guys kind of did for me. It was like my first opportunity to repay that with him, and that's what I did. But I was like, man, you're gonna be the shit one day. We used to ride around in my. I used to have a neon, 
And we used to just ride around Louisville listening to our beats and be like, man, one day we're going to make it. Like, we really said that shit. I know it sounds cliche or corny or cheesy, but we really said that. I really told him, you're going to get a Grammy one day. I told him, you're going to produce for Drake one day. Like, no lie. These are things that we said to each other. You know what I'm saying? And they happened. They came they, they came true. So, you know, but he pulled me out. Him fucking with me, like, me having hope in him brought me out of my slump. Slump, yeah. 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 It brought me out of my shit. So, I, I love him. When you were in your slump, were you thinking, like, man, I'm about to go work, like, a regular-ass job, do some regular shit? I was at a regular-ass job. <laughs> it was terrible. You know What'd you what do? Like, I, I used to work at Humana, which is a fucking uh, nightmare. Insurance. Yeah, I was at a call center. They fucking a, suck. That's all I know. It's a nightmare, bro. Let me tell you, it was a fucking nightmare. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, meeting Ness was like everything, man. I know he shows me love, but I but truthfully, it's like I gotta give him all the things because like he 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 pulled me out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What's a word of advice you'd give to somebody? Because like when we, there's a lot of people that hit that slump and yeah. and give up. And I mean, it's happened with us. I've said it many times that like you get to a you get to a wall and you just can't go anymore. You get burnt out or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. I think I think one of the dopest things I've ever read because I got into philosophy too a little while for a little while. Uh, and one of the things I read, which I thought was super dope, was uh, "Struggles a sign for change." So it's like you know, basically, like if you're going through a hard time, you should instead of like getting caught up in like how bad it is and all oh, this is miserable, you should stop and think like, okay, what's like what's this telling me? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I need to readjust something. Something's not right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so I kind of have that approach now. So even now, when I hit a slump or if I hit Anybody that's in a slump doing music or anything, regardless, like, take a step back and think, like, what I need to adjust. And, and, and the adjustment might be, I just need to put it on pause for a minute. I need to go do something else for, for now. Reset, yeah. Yeah, reset. You know, that might be the answer. It's, it doesn't, and sometimes take, like, if that's the answer, they'll take that as, like, a failure or something. You know what I mean? But no, it's just, that's the answer. It's what you got to do to continue later. For you sure. know what I mean? Like, I heard, I heard somebody ask a question one time, you know, what, what, what do people think about, the new rappers that aren't that lyrical and this, that, and the third and hip hop. And uh, I heard KRS one give an answer, which I thought was brilliant was that as much as you might not like it, you got to appreciate it because they're the ones keeping the, the opportunities alive for the person who wants to come back and be lyrical. They're the ones keeping it alive for now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what's your, what's your take on that though? How do you feel about the music? The new music? You fuck with the new rap, or are you kind of stuck in? You still with the old, uh, yeah. with like the. I mean, I don't think nothing. So here's here's my like honestly, I don't think nothing will ever compare to the '90s. But that's just maybe I'm being biased. <laughs> yeah. But uh, nah, I think I I like it, man. I like it. I think music has its purpose. Every song has its purpose. The one thing I don't like though is like, I kind of don't support all the drug shit because I think it's like. You know, just because it's out there doesn't mean that it's right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like, the drug raps and all that shit is, like, when the depressive shit. And it's like, damn, dude, like, you don't understand. Like, some kid is out there listening to your shit thinking that this, like, killing itself is the answer because you said it. You know what I mean? So I don't really support that shit. Because, I, I, like I said, I grew up in the – when I heard Nas, it was written, I felt educated. I felt lifted. I was, like – Inspired, ready yeah. to go. Like, yeah, I was, like, I'm going to go read a fucking book. Oh, it must be really cool to read a book, right? And that's how yeah. I felt. You know what I mean? I felt cool to educate myself. Um, but some 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 artists, they y'all don't feel like that. I feel like, I've, you know, you sound retarded. But but it, you know, I, I like a lot of new music. But that's the one type of music I can, I don't really support. See, I, 
my take is like I don't I don't support the people like Lil Pump. Yeah, he goes out and he supports it. Like he's he's like he's drinking cool lean shit. and all he's that crazy shit. Like he's it, yeah. he's promoting it. But like rappers like like let's say rappers like Juice World. Yeah, yeah, kids listen to him and they and they. Uh, I mean, you try it because like if you want to do it, if you're on the border of doing it and you hear your favorite rapper talking about it. It's like you, you possibly it might push over that you're gonna do, do some but like i think people like him are like <clears throat> he kind of he kind of this is most of said it was wrong in yeah. most of his music yeah. but do you think he's still right in in, in talking so much about it because yeah. that's his life and and you know so and that's the other thing too that's why i don't get too judgmental sometimes because you never know i, I don't judge a man without knowing his intentions you know what i mean so even though he's writing that that might be his perspective but maybe his intentions aren't to be harmful I don't know that, you know what I'm saying? So I just have to take it for what it is, but I don't get too deep into yeah. it. Um, so, you know, and plus, uh, you know, sh- everything's a cycle, man. I feel like sometimes, like, a lot of that music might exist now cause, and only to create change. Like, somebody's going to come out of it and be like, nah, I'm tired of this shit. I want to make more lyrical shit. And that might become... Uplifting stuff. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean? That might, the, the business might start, the business of the music industry might, might start supporting that because that's going to be the version of music that makes money now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every few years there's a culture change. I mean, yeah. like right now it's, I think that's what's kind of, we're on, on the verge of that, kind of like the, the more depressive, more drug-induced music stuff. But now you have artists like, I mean, Russ is kind of blowing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's more lyrical. Uh, Wabi and Corday, he's very lyrical. I think he's very, a very talented yeah, yeah. guy. Super. I mean, you've got a few artists right now coming out that are still on lyrical stuff. Um, yeah. Just trying to, I, I think it'll be a culture change here in the next three, four years. Yeah, I and it'll change again. You know, I, th- I I think it happens so fast too mm-hmm. that some people don't catch it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, it's I mean like, it transitions smoothly. It's not like a it's not like a shocking change. It's yeah. like it transitions. I mean, we had say, I think one of the biggest uh, rappers started with the drug music was I mean Lil Wayne. He was a legend, mm-hmm. but uh, towards the end of his career, kind of it started spiraling down with drugs and stuff. And even even in his prime, he was singing about. Like, like doing uh, drinking lean, right. smoking drugs, all that stuff, and it kind of shifted over to like uh, trapper rappers. Like uh, Future started just talking about selling drugs, you know, and eventually became all his music about doing drugs, heartbreak, depression, stuff like that. And then it transi- translates into Juice World and all these artists coming up now who are like just completely depressive music. I mean, right. people are building careers off that alone now. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I, yeah. I kind of hate is like some people. <clears throat> Are like you know, it's it's like a uh, they're making money off of it basically. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm gonna talk about. I'm really not into this, or I'm gonna talk about it because it's what sells. That's that's the one thing I don't like. But you know, that's again, that's in religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's in it's in everything. It's in a right. lot of things. So it's like, it is what it is, man. I think people got to be smart enough to determine what's what. You know what I'm saying? So for sure. I mean, kind of uh, banking on the experience you get, you have of being a, a manager. Um, like this juice world situation yeah um do you believe like do you believe as a manager that there's a lot of people saying that his manager should have took a took a hold of that do you do you feel like a manager should be the father figure to these to these artists cuz most of them they don't even have a father you know what i mean so like should the manager have all that reliability and 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 should they be kind of play that role in play that role yeah. or should they, should it be strictly business um <clears throat> I think it's like it's, it's a lot of dynamics there. It just depends, right? It depends on their relationship. It depends on how long they've known each other. When when did the manager come into the scene, or you know how much does the manager care, or whatever? It just depends on everybody's intentions. But what I will say is like <clears throat> sometimes you do have an artist that's that's maybe needs more guidance than others. You know what I'm saying? And but at the end of the day, you never know. 
like with that with Juice World, you just don't know if like you know behind the scenes you don't know if that manager's probably tried to get him yeah. to get right and he's just like I'm you know nah what are you this is me yeah this is That's me what like what are you talking about like you know what I'm saying um, there's a huge sense of entitlement in this business and I think like a lot of artists lose sight of what got them to certain places and they just think I'm I'm the biggest shit ever and I'm yeah. gonna do what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they'll think that that's what got them there when really it wasn't. But they they don't realize that that's not what got them there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Your so, whole team. Got they they feel like yeah. they feel like they're just they're doing everyone a favor around them by keeping them around, exactly. letting them be around them while exactly. they're in their glory and stuff. Yeah. But so really, let me do what I'm doing. Yeah. You and think early like, age has something to do with that too? Just getting yeah, fame think, at an early age yeah. as well. They have yeah. Really I, think, I think maturity has a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, and maturity don't have an age. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I think maturity has a lot to do with it. Okay. Some people just aren't mature. They're not mature enough to handle. It's like it's like you could you could walk up to a, you know, there's some 13 year old kids you could give a million dollars today, who will turn it into a business and be successful. And then yeah. there's another 13 year old who's gonna take it and do not know what to do and blow it on the most ridiculous shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So and the same goes with a. 25 year old you know what I'm saying it's the yeah. same thing you got a 25 year old that's gonna take it and blow it and then you got 125 that's gonna take it and invest it so it just all depends on the maturity man gotcha. and unfortunately in this game when you get in there and they're getting all this success cause you know it's not like just having a lot of money it's also having a personality and persona that everybody views and wants to cling to and yeah. that's that's a drug bro like that shit gets it's hard to deal with on some levels. You know I mean, what I'm saying? It gets people's heads stuff, all the jewelry, all the stuff the labels buy you. Yeah, and they stuff just like that. they just go crazy. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't give everything's so accessible I mean, to them. It's like that's yeah, no self control. Exactly. And real. the thing is, no, but about that, there's really no no guide to how to handle fame. I mean, that too. Yeah, like, like who, you don't you don't go to school for or anything like that. I mean, the very few people who have dealt with it successfully don't really come out about like what's their tips on mm-hmm. on how I handle fame. And if they do, no one's gonna fucking listen to it. Yeah, Cause it was like I know what to do. It's my life. And a lot of the ones so far, I'm gonna keep doing. Yeah. It. yeah, a lot of the ones who have made it have went through a lot of hell too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they came out all right. You know what I mean? But so it's just crazy, I mean, man. You just never know. I, so, feel like I, I don't really know many young stars that there are very few people who start like at a, at an early age, like like Justin Bieber stuff like that. He, he went through, he went through a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, you're in the spotlight, man. Yeah. Like you. You know what I'm saying? You in the spotlight and you can have anything in the anything. world that you want. Bro, I'll be the yeah. same motherfucker. 15-year-old, bro. Bro, I'd be out there. I'd be buying dumb shit. I'd be yeah. spinning. But if you make it through all that, I think I think you have more knowledge and, not knowledge, more experience, more wisdom than a lot of people would if you actually make it through all that and end up right. doing okay. I think, right. I think it's beneficial to you. Yeah. So what's your situation? Like, if you were, let's say you were in, um, you were in uh, the seat of, like, Juice World's manager. Would you, um, what would you do if you knew you're traveling with 70 pounds of weed or, or shit like that? Was it, is it kind of like, kind of like, fuck it, I'm just ride it out because like it's paying the bills or you, you're removing yourself from the equation? Situation, yeah. I mean, if I had to choose, uh, if I, me, just me personally, I'm speaking, not speaking for nobody, yeah. just me personally. I mean, <clears throat> I'm more of a moral guy than I am a business guy. I love doing business, but, there's certain shit that I'm just not gonna do. Like I've walked away from situations yeah, that that, yeah. that was super favorable for me for me, and I've walked I've left it all on the table. I was like fuck it, all right, whatever. Like without it, without thinking twice. Yeah. So situation like that, um, I probably would have walked away from it and probably would have been like, we can't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, if 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 an artist don't want to take heed or listen, you know, what can you do? 
Yeah, you know, I might have not gotten on the same plane or something. You know what I mean? If I if I felt like my freedom was in jeopardy, you know, but yeah. So if you uh, turn down like artists like that, like someone say he'll uh, help me out, you know, sponsor me, be my manager, whatever. But you kind of knew them from around. You know, they had a little bit of shady past, shit like that. You turned around down anybody like yeah, that? Yeah, I, ha- I have. Yeah. Um, and you usually uh, like turning them down. It's not necessarily turning them down. It's more like it's more like passively giving them an ultimatum it's like yo you know yeah i fuck with you bro like i'll give you whatever information you need. we can sit down and talk but if you really want to be successful like this is usually the conversation i'm like yo if you really want to be successful man, you know you gotta leave a few things alone bro yeah you gotta drop some friends and shit like that you gotta you gotta try to change up this because you're not gonna go get too far this shit's gonna get in the way and then i leave it at that you know either they come back and try to be like all right well, shit man like i'm trying to change up like or whatever but I'm gonna be honest with you, like nine out of, nine out of ten times they don't. No. You know what I'm saying? So, but but I still fuck with them, sitting down, give them, cause you never know. I might say something to them, and they it might, might save their life or whatever. Yeah. So I don't I don't hold that in. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like being full time and just dedicating, I got a 14 year old daughter, like that means the world to me. Yeah. So you're not gonna get her time. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. For sure. Yeah, you, you know got your mean? shit to worry about. Like, I'm only gonna go so far until I feel like, all right, you're really. It's not even disrespecting me. You're disrespecting my kid at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I might be running around the city with you when I could be staying at home playing a game with her. Yeah. And if you're gonna disrespect it by doing retarded shit, it's like uh, it just makes it hard. But I can't. How can? If if I was to have, if I grew up and let's say, let's say I didn't ever back away. From like let's say Juice Juice World was wilding, you know he's doing all this crazy shit, and I didn't back away from it or whatever. And I let's say I just put my daughter to the side because I'm like, oh, this is work, and and I, I'm trying to do this for you and da da da. Right? My daughter might resent me. What if she grows up to resent me, and then you do something stupid like, and something happens, you're in jail or whatever, and then the situation is gone, and I'm looking at my daughter, but she fucking hates my guts. Yeah, yeah. I can't live with that, bro. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So my daughter's first, you know, family's first. So, uh, I, you know, I, I have a, I do have a limit yeah. for situations like that. You got a good moral compass. That's good. Yeah, facts. Definitely a principle in a lot of things. I feel like that's getting lost too nowadays. Yeah, just yeah. kind of just being for, for that money. Stuff, yeah. 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 You know how far respect will take you, bro? Yeah. Like, it'll take you fucking far. You know what I mean? I, and it's crazy because I kind of learned that early. Like, with all the, like I said, I didn't have a piece of equipment for 10, 15 years. Yeah. But I was always in the in the studio, a drop of a dime, anywhere I need to go. Shout out to my big bro Bulldog, man. Anytime you need to come here, just call me. He would he would leave, come out midnight out of his house. He got to go to work just to open the door for me. You know what I mean? But it's all out of respect. So to me, that's more valuable because sometimes you never know when you're gonna end up with nothing. And when you don't have nothing, if you don't have any respect, you really got nothing. Yeah, that's but that when you have respect, respect will put food on the plate. Respect will open the door, give you an opportunity. If I'm dead and gone, if if I'm well respected and, and amongst my peers, they'll respect my daughter. You know what I'm saying? For they'll sure. open the door for her. So it's, that's way more important than some business shit. Yeah, I agree. That's I agree. why some of these, like even some artists that, that have respect in the game, like even though they're old artists and they their time passed, uh, like one artist is like fabulous. Yeah, Fab. He just has the respect of everybody, and right. even though his his time passed and his, he kind of fell off, he's still on the top. And everybody work with you him, know. Yeah. It's just respect. Like yeah, it's it's the love is there. It's like you ain't never did nobody foul. You've always done good business. Yeah. 
you know, we like same thing with like Jada Kiss and you know all these artists. Like there's a handful of artists out there that's like that, and it's like they still get love. That's what I, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be the artist that I don't want to be the person that you know I was always in it for myself and for the greed and and then when I don't have it and don't pan out and you know all the fingers is being pointed at me and you know what I'm saying. I don't, yeah. I don't want that. You know what I'm saying. I want my kid to have to get in a fight. Cause her daddy's corny. <laughs> you know True. I want that. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and kind of the final topic uh, that we wanted that we wanted to discuss a little bit is um, we know you want to help the community. Uh, you you know you want to get help back. Um, so if you could explain your kind of uh, the 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 studio sessions you Producers you have. Producer's corner. And, and Producer's corner. Is yeah. it like kind of a monthly thing? What is it? So I, yeah, so it, it's. It's it's kind of a monthly. I'm I'm getting it back to being a monthly thing because uh, it was a monthly thing, but it was getting bigger every every month. It would get bigger and bigger. So these studios I would use, it just it wasn't enough room. So I had to stop and find like a, a bigger place. And uh, I found a place called La La Land, which is a huge studio. And we they was gracious enough to go and partner with me to ha- have me hold it there permanently. Um, and uh, so basically, what it is what. The, the thing I kept running into, like I said, I had built a great reputation in Louisville. And uh, I would always be, it would be like somebody would say, yo, Woo, um, do you know anybody that does graphics? I'm like, yeah, I know somebody. Holla at my boy Leon. He's probably one of the illest graphic artists in the city. Boom. Yo, do you know uh, who does posters? Yeah, holla at my homegirl Michelle. She does that. You know what I mean? Um Hey yo, do you know anybody got beats? Yeah, yo Ness, da da da. Yo, I know a couple other. You know what I mean? What studio should I go to? Oh shit, call my boy Will. Call my boy Bulldog. He, if you call Will, it's gonna be fifty out. If you call Bulldog, it's gonna be thirty-five. Depend on you know all this shit. I knew everybody. Yeah. And it used to just one day it just clicked in my head. I was like, how come y'all don't know each other? Like I know everybody, but y'all don't know each other. So I just got an idea to generically it was an idea that just said like i'm just gonna invite everybody i know that does different shit and you guys talk i'm just gonna point i'm just gonna introduce everybody (laughs) he does graphics he's a producer yeah you know what i'm saying uh and y'all just talk you know what i'm saying he does videos um and that's kind of how it started and uh when i first did it was like maybe 15 people second one was like maybe 20 then the third one i had ness come down this was at ness's like when he first got on with bryson yeah and it was like that that one had like maybe 30 people i was like oh shit i got 30 people you know what i'm saying but then every time i did it, it kept getting bigger and bigger and i was like oh shit and so this last one i did um had roughly over like 130 people damn like come out and it was like That's and they were dope. the crazy thing is that they were all on time for real? <laughs> Which I was not expecting. <laughs> I mean, I, if people are coming for I networking, mean, yeah. bro, they're gonna. Yeah. They're usually something they want to do. Well, I, I had some lead time. I was like, all right, give myself like thirty minutes lead time, you know, for people to show up. And people was like, outside, cause like the way La La Land is built, right? When you're in the in the kitchen in the first room, it's a glass window, all glass. So and it was at night. So I'm standing there and I'm looking, and you just see faces looking in the glass because nobody's <laughs> in yet. Cause I was getting everything set. You just see faces like. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, people are outside. Yeah. Like, look at so the Black I, Friday line. Yeah, so I let them in, and uh, it was just a big crash. So it was, it was, I was blessed, man. It was good. So the next one's going to be in January. I don't do them in December. The next one's going to be in January. I'm going to have another. I always have a special guest, and, you know, y'all should definitely come out. Y'all would love it. 100% yeah, we'll be out there. Yeah, we'll We're going to come to the last yeah. one, but. How yeah. can uh, how can people know how to, they get in contact with you to get to it? Yeah, or? just hit me up. Like, what I do, because it's so, uh, 
it's so hard for me because since I do know everybody, because people will say, "Well, why don't you let me know?" I can't like let you know because it's like if I did that with everybody, I would it would take me forever to let everybody know. So what I do is I just randomly throw out a flyer. Yeah, and it's kind of like first come first serve, and for people that want to showcase, and then you know, then people who want to just show up and attend, they just see the time and information, then they just show up or whatnot. So. You, know. you post on IG and stuff like that. Yeah, day? IG and Facebook. We'll link like it. My, sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's like one. the that's like my two best ways of promoting it. That's dope. I think yeah, that's dope. something that 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 every city needs because like there's so many people out there working hard in different things, different crafts. Another yeah. thing I like is and it brings people together. Yeah. Usually, it's people competing yeah. against each other. This way, it's like yo, oh, that's dope. Are you actually dope. Yeah, like let's work together instead of working against each what other. What I do, I that's, what that's I what I do, I think is a kind of a cool twist to it is a. I break everybody into groups, which which I just started on this last one. It's kind of rough. I got to kind of tweak it. But the idea is to, like, break the room up into groups between three groups. Like, you got producers, you got artists, and then you got content creators, right? So the people that I showcase, it might be, like, ten people. Like, an artist get up, play this music, and then I, I might say, like, yo, so what kind of visuals do you got? Oh, I don't have any videos. All right, cool. You go to that group where the videographers are, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, or, or where the content creators are. And then I do that with everybody, and then then to me it's like at the end of the at the end of the showcasing, everybody's in a group that they need resources, you know what I mean? So they're kind of like forced to network with the specific resources that they actually need. Versus because a lot of networking events that I used to go to, it would be they, you would go to them blindly, meaning like you were walking, you really don't know who does what. You're just kind of like, hey, what's up? My name is so and so. This way, it's kind of like matchmaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, makes everything so, easier. Yeah, better exactly. flow. So that's dope. I respect that, man. Um, so we've been on here almost an hour. Um, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna do like a little timeless ten, which is ten ten questions. Uh, which um, they're the same questions for everybody. They're kind of just lighthearted questions. Yeah. Uh, none just, too serious. Yeah, none too serious. Um, no, ask just, me the sit. No. <laughs> <laughs> ask the hard questions. Uh, yeah, just quick answers, and then after you. that, we'll break a clock. You'll write down your favorite quote and uh, sign it. <clears throat> Go ahead, start thinking right. of a quote. <laughs> I got one. You got, got it. One. All right, cool. All right, first question. Uh, if you had to work but didn't need the money, what would you choose to do? Produce. Produce. Easy enough. If you could disinvent one thing, what would it be? If I can disinvent one thing? Yeah. Oh, shit. Damn, that's a hard one, man. Let's go back to that one. <laughs> we'll go back to this fine. If you could meet one person dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, I already met him, RZA. Which was fucking dope. I seen that post on IG. Dope, dope. All right. If you had all the money in the world, what would be the first thing you buy? Um. Damn. My mother' house for sure. That's solid. Gotta stay solid to moms. Uh, if you had one piece of advice for younger generation, what would it be? Um. Stop being so pussy. <laughs> Straight to the point. Hey, they, they, they need to hear it. I was need like, to hear yeah, it. Hey, today's generation is soft. Yeah, I swear. Stop being <laughs> a pussy, man. All right. Who inspired you most growing up? Just period. Yeah. Um. My, even though we don't get along, my parents. Like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's, that's common for everybody. Everybody butts heads with the parents because you're in the house so much. But I mean, I, I did. I think eventually you become your parents. Me and my parents were. We got a. We had a terrible. I grew up in a very abusive home. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's very bad. But I, the way I network is because I saw my mother was like that with all her friends. She talked to everybody. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I just got that from her. So, And it's my biggest attribute, I think. 
for sure. So, all right. Uh, who's your favorite artist right now? Right now? Right now. Yeah. Ah, shit. Uh, this, <laughs> this goes for the same answer if I was to say Wu Tang, because Wu Tang counts as one. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's uh, Griselda. Griselda. You know what I'm talking about? Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, Westside Gun. I know Benny Butcher. I know Benny. Flea Lord, all of them guys. Flea Mac. I know a few of them. I'm going to have to get put on that one. Yeah. All right. What do you think the most re- common reason people give up is? Um, self-doubt. You got to be your own biggest fan. You got you to believe yeah. in yourself before anybody else. Yeah, exactly. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower? Yeah. Uh, know everything. Because if I knew everything, I could figure out how to <laughs> do, do anything. Yeah, you yeah. Everything. I could figure out how to fly. I could figure out how to be invisible. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, knowledge. What's one thing you can't live without? A material item. Like you packing your shit to yeah. Florida or wherever you're going and just bringing one thing that you always bring? Um, Anything with YouTube on it. Like, like a tab or some kind of device? Yeah, I, I got to be on YouTube for some reason. Like <laughs> I, I, I rock YouTube heavy. I don't even watch Netflix or anything. I just go on I, YouTube, watch podcasts, watch I some listen shit. to samples. Like I, yeah. Even though I, don't, I might not even be making beats, but I'll just listen to samples. Yeah, yeah I, I would flip that. I'm not making beats right now, but I would flip that. <laughs> Keep it in the back of my mind. Might, yeah. might pen something down. All right. All right, back to the one question. If you could disinvent one thing, what would it be? YouTube. <laughs> yeah. um, damn, that's a good question, man. Like, if I could disinvent one thing. Um, uh, all right, it's going to sound fucked up. Go ahead. For the simple reason I said for the today's generation, stop being pussy, uh, social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's good It's good I, to connect, I like but, yeah. I mean, I do think it kind of it softens them up a little bit. Everybody man. has a... They're so connected to it, and yeah, then they—I like, mean—they can't get out of the real world and do yeah, real shit. It's like, yeah, it's like get out the fucking house, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to walk everywhere in my city. I want to go somewhere. I will fucking go walk, bro. It's addicting too. Like yeah. I'm—I—I I hate like I hate social media. I hate that everybody's on it. Like I'd rather talk to you, you know. Face yeah, face yeah, face, yeah. But like, bro, I be on Instagram. I look through Instagram. I close Instagram. I open it back up the same second. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, what, you know, you know what social media is. It, you know, social social media is your refrigerator. That's great. I swear. Do you know great. how many times I go to my refrigerator at yeah. three in the morning? Same thing. Like you know there's nothing in here, yeah. but for some reason nobody you got groceries. Go yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. But uh, shit, sometimes somebody puts something in the fridge. You know true, what I mean? True. <laughs> but I mean, nah. Yeah, social media would be my answer because it's like, yeah, some of, some of these young generation kids is so emotional, and they. I they, agree, bro. You know what I mean? They fall into like it's almost like trendy to be emotional. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying it really so, is. It's sad. So I would disinvent that. So. And what's the quote gonna be? Um, dreams are the seeds to reality. Do you guys know what that means? Dreams are the seeds to reality. Yeah. I mean, kind of. But what's your take? Let me ask you guys. What's your take on it? Dreams are the seeds. Dreams. Dream, dreams are the seeds to reality. Because if you have a dream, if you execute it, it's gonna be reality. Okay, what about you? That's about, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What about like, you? Your dream. Yeah, let, me, let me think about this. Your, because uh, what you dream of eventually want to be a reality. Okay, that's what I would say. They don't mean that. That's how I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't ask yourself, didn't you? I gotta think about it. I don't know. I mean, basically, same thing. Yeah, whatever you believe is gonna come true. You gotta believe yeah. in yourself. So, what that what that quote means is that. Everything in this, everything that you look at, right? Whether it's this bottle, this computer, the chair, the table, everything that you look at when you walk outside the door, 
all started from a single thought from one person. You know what I'm saying? Everything. If you think about it, everything started from a single thought from one person. You know what I mean? And what makes a difference is whether that person was willing to go to whatever links to bring it into reality. So dreams are the seeds of reality. If you think of something, you really can achieve it. But a lot of people that get discouraged, they fail to just look outside their fucking door. Look at everything we live in, bro. All that starts, all those things that you fucking, while you're being sad and emotional <laughs> on your phone, somebody imagined that <laughs> one time and, and built a team and, you know what I'm saying? Made it happen, yeah. And made it happen. So it's kind of uh, ironic that, you know, or whatever. But yeah, so that to me, that's one of my, my favorite, my most favorite quotes. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Like, I agree 100%. That's probably my favorite quote now. Damn. Not just because you're here, but like, <laughs> I told them the same shit. Because I read the sense. book Zero to One. I ain't read that, but. You need to read it. Yeah. And basically what it's saying is like, don't let people, everybody thinks that uh, it's not possible. Basically, yeah. it's go from zero, from nothing, to, to an actual thing because other people did it. Right. It's basically, if you could dream it, you could achieve it. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. It's a fact. So, I rock with that. And now we're going to uh, have you just break the clock. It's kind of just a tradition thing. All right. Uh, if you want some glasses, yeah, I mean. Safety glasses. You can put nah, safety glasses. I'm, I'm a rebel. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to lose an eye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hit it too hard. Oh, shit. Beat that, man. Uh, Smack that. Yeah. You, you don't have to hit it hard as fuck. Yeah. You, you, you can just break it and then we'll clean it up later. Let's see. You got me. <laughs> hold on, hold on. That should be a good hug. Right there, right there. We're going to look at that camera. Right, you got me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs